All right. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Stories of Selling Human podcast. I'm your host, Alex Smith, and I started this podcast because I believe everyone in the world will someday be faced with a situation, could be business, could even be personal, that requires you to create change. I think we all want to be heard, seen, and understood, and the people who get our attention and convince, persuade, or influence us, they're not just salespeople. They're great humans throughout all walks of life that we're drawn to. I'm going to share their stories here so that we can tap into what makes us human, practice our human skills, and ultimately, we'll all become better at selling by being human. All right, gang. So... This is exciting that today we do have a, a, a salesperson, a career salesperson on the phone. And he, he also has a um, you know background outside of sales uh, uh, that we'll talk in uh, about, a similar background to me, communications. Um, this person uh, runs a sales development and coaching business. Um, you know, so he coaches other sales development managers and sales teams. Um, he has been a sales enablement manager at a company called Matillion. Uh, he actually launched their uh, global SDR bootcamp, and he's really come up through the organization there and has had a lot of success. He's worked with companies like Amazon, Snowflake, Google. He's worked with some really big name companies throughout his sales career. I'm so excited to have this person on. Please welcome Evan Carlton to the podcast. Welcome, Evan. <laughs> Thanks, Alex. Great to be here, man. Awesome, man. Thanks for, for coming on, Evan. Uh, I'm excited because I've only really known you in the last few months. Uh, I, I listened to you on uh, another podcast um, through Jason Bay, and you kind of share a similar story that I'm, a situation that I'm in. I've uh, been in sales for over 15 years, and it just kind of hit me because you were someone super, uh, um, you know, super uh, experienced and, and has a, had a lot of success. And because of the times that we're in right now, it's, it's tough for a lot of businesses. They've had to make a lot of tough choices. And um, you went through your story kind of of um, having gone through a layoff and how you're kind of treating that as a sales process in and of itself. And I'm in the same boat. Uh, so if you're listening to this, I don't know if it comes out in a few months. If I still will be, we'll see. Um, but I definitely related to you. And so just really glad to have you on and excited to talk about uh, really how I think uh, sales and selling is something that we all do. All humans uh, uh, are capable of doing it and you're coaching people on it. And so my first question for you, Evan, is, what do you think sales is at its essence? What's happening when uh, things are being sold? Oh man, so that's of course a, a loaded question. Um, <laughs> I love starting know, out that way. <laughs> no, it's a great question though. And um, I, I recently saw, gosh, I'm wishing that I had this on hand right now. I recently, I recently saw a definition of um, what it means to, to sell that really resonated with me. And the, the summary of it, I don't recall exactly what it was, but the, the takeaway I had was that it is the act of assisting and guiding someone through the process of making a purchasing decision. Mm -hmm. And that really resonated with me because unfortunately, sales professionals have, have a, a bad rap, right? Sales people mm -hmm. in general, mm -hmm. a lot of people are averse to salespeople and they have this kind of the, the, the hustler used car salesman in mind, the snake oil salesman that's there to rip them off and then disappear with their money. 
Um, and unfortunately there are people like that out there, but I absolutely believe that, that sales ought to be just that definition I shared previously, that it is, it is the act of assisting an individual or a party, a company in, in making a purchasing decision of some sort. Uh, and, and people act for reasons, right? No yeah. one makes a purchase without some sort of reason, unless it's just a simple impulse buy at the grocery store checkout line. But um, generally speaking, no one makes a significant purchase without some sort of uh, a catalyst to that. And it's usually because you have a problem you need to solve or there's something you want to accomplish that you cannot accomplish without this thing. And so that's what I like about sales is that I get to help people solve problems and I get help to help people accomplish their goals. Um, so that's, that's part of the reason why I've, I've enjoyed working in sales so much. Yeah. No, that's a great answer. I, I asked that loaded question cause it's just uh, interesting to see. Uh, I think we, every single salesperson might say a flavor of something similar to that. Um, and you know, it's, it's helping people, it's guiding through, people through decisions. And I think it's, it's, um, you know, there's, there's fundamentals that are all the same. And what I'm excited about and, and why I started the podcast is because I, I think we all look at the world differently, just slightly. And so no one salesperson sells the same. And so that's what I'm, you know, interested in diving into with you and, you know, just kind of in the beginning, kind of t finding out the person that you are and kind of how things in your career contributed to, uh, you know, your success and kind of your approach. And so, um, you know, so I'm interested, you have a background in even I, I just saw kind of in school, we share the same background. I was a communications major and I didn't know what I wanted to be. I wanted to be in PR and corporate communications out of school. I wanted to be in PR. How about that? <laughs> you know, it was like, I, I took writing class, I took journalism classes and um, I took the video production classes, but I thought, you know, okay, this is the business of kind of communicating and, 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 um, and, and really, you know, kind of framing uh, companies messages. And that was interesting to me, you know, kind of how companies were doing that. And so um, I just never got my shot and never got a, a big break as they say. Um, and so I kind of went down the sales path. So I'm curious kind of how your, you know, what interested, what do you think uh, about that background, you know, served you well and in your career and, and um, you know, kind of what, a, what's kind of made you uh, into kind of, you think the, 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 the salesperson, what, what about that made you into that salesperson that you became? Man, well, um, Let's we'll, we'll I'll, I'll take you back down a trip uh, down a trip. Uh, okay. Memory lane here. Yeah, let's uh, do it. So I'll put it this way. I'll spare you the details, but I used to get myself into all kinds of trouble when I was a kid. I was a, a bit of a troublemaker. And um, in, in doing that, I often found myself having to get out of trouble uh, that I got myself into. <laughs> and so I, I kind of developed this, this knack for persuading and talking my way in and out of situations at a young age. Mm -hmm. um, I distinctly remember uh, being suspended in elementary school. I don't, I don't even, I think I was like wrestling or roughhousing with a friend at the, we weren't like fighting. We were just wrestling and the principal suspended me for it. And um, I managed to talk my way out of the suspension um, in his office. He wanted to suspend me and I convinced him otherwise. Um, and so I, I, I always had this kind of, um, 
I don't want to say the gift of gab, but I think that's a step mm. too far. But I, I always just had this ability to talk my way in and out of situations from a young age. And so um, I also was kind of a, a bit of a, a born hustler. Um, so I'll share with you another story from <laughs> elementary school. So uh, we had at my elementary school, we had hot lunch every Thursday. And so it was a program you signed up for and you paid into, your parents would pay into. It was like five bucks a week. And then on Thursdays, they'd have different, vendors or restaurants cater for the school and they would do like simple like a slice of cheese pizza or a bean and cheese burrito right and to redeem your food all you have to do is give them a little red ticket and i found out where they bought the tickets in bulk from so uh, i decided to buy a ream of i think it was like a thousand and i would hang out at the end of this little uh, walkway, this hallway at the school by the lunch yard. I swear, I must have looked like the neighborhood drug dealer leaning <laughs> up against the wall, one foot up against the wall. And I'm like, hey, come Tommy. Get, come get your tickets. Hey, Tommy, you still hungry? You want another slice of pizza? Yeah, five bucks. And so I, um, I, made, I made some good coin doing that as a kid. Um, and so I, I just always was kind of inventive and, and managed to talk my way in and out of situations. And so throughout my childhood and my my um, later my adolescent years, I always knew I wanted to leverage that skill set somehow. Now I didn't know how to do that, whether that was going to be in sales or in PR. Um, I thought at some points about being a lawyer, um, mm-hmm. uh, thought about a number of different fields potentially. And, um, in college, I actually got really into music and um, worked in the music industry for a number of years and had a lot of fun doing that. But then I found that just really wasn't paying the bills. And so uh, I grew up in the Silicon Valley and watched the dot-com boom happen. Um, My mother worked in the Silicon Valley and had a very long and successful career there. And so I always knew there was a lot of money to be made in tech and the place that seemed the most natural role for me to fit into in the tech scene would be sales um, or, or marketing. And so I started my career as a global system integrator marketing intern at NetApp in the Silicon Valley uh, and learned a tremendous amount during that time, but realized at least that particular job that I was doing, I was spending a lot of time looking at spreadsheets and and just writing copy for email marketing campaigns. And Mm. I was doing a lot to support sales and I interfaced with the sales team a lot that summer. Mm-hmm. And I just remember how much fun they had and they got to, they were going out and talking to customers and traveling and helping people solve real problems. And, you know, they're driving nice cars and high-fiving everybody <laughs> in the office. And I was like, I want to do that. And so at the time they didn't have a sales internship at NetApp, but uh, my manager recommended that I, I go into sales. And years later I made a deliberate decision to leave the music industry and go into tech sales. And so uh, started my career in a closing role at CenturyLink doing full 360 sales there. Mm-hmm. Uh, learned a ton, moved on and returned back to NetApp as an SDR this time. Uh, had a blast at NetApp and uh, really, really excelled in that role. Um, totally smashed my numbers, was was a record setting ultra high performing SDR there. And then went to Matillion where I was afforded this amazing opportunity to come in and build and scale their first ever global sales development organization, building that from the ground up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that coming back to your question about like what, what motivated me into this, this field that I'm now in, mm-hmm. I've found that sales development is really my kind of bread and butter, my, my wheelhouse mm-hmm. because 
effectively what sales development is, it's top of funnel. It's, it's pipeline generation. It's, it's initiating conversations and opening mm-hmm. doors with mm-hmm. businesses mm-hmm. versus an account executive, right? Which is bottom of funnel, closing business. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and so there's very distinct skill sets involved in each. And you're seeing more and more specialization today in B2B sales. Uh, you know, when I was at CenturyLink or even 10, 15 years ago, you saw way more 360 sales roles where you were just a sales rep. And you had to do your own prospecting, you had to do your own closing, negotiation, all of that. Nowadays, you see so much specialization. The SDR does top of funnel. Marketing and demand gen does you know, pre-SDR. And then the AE does middle funnel to bottom and close. And then the customer success manages implementation and retention. And then account management does renewals and upsell, right? Everyone has a very unique piece of the puzzle that they hold. And I just found that my skill set and also just what I like doing talking to people, meeting new people and helping them solve problems fit really nicely into sales development. Um, I think that skill set of talking my way in and out of situations when I was a kid <laughs> has served me really well in talking my way in to large enterprise organizations. Um, and that I've used that exact same skill set that got me out of trouble in the principal's office in fourth grade to talk my way into meetings with the C-suite and SVPs of Fortune 50 companies. Yeah. I love it. Um, I think uh, I think that skill. I you know I don't know. We I I think if 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 someone can kind of distill down like some of the tactics and and, and principles of of talking your way out of situations, and I think people have in various ways. But and I think I I would like to you know in a, in in essence do that with this podcast because there's people listening to this that are you know in in you know B two B sales roles. There's people that are not in sales altogether and they're just kind of curious like what are people doing? Like what does it mean to like talk yourself out of situations? And, you know, what I hear as a salesperson, I hear um, a lot of instincts. Like when you're a kid, you saw the tickets and you're just like, I see people that like food. I want to (laughs) find out how to give them more of it or be an opportunity to uh, um, be there for them when they need it. Why not get these tickets? And I I control the food. (laughs) I mean, I noticed that they always had leftover food. Yeah. Yeah. I personally, I was a big kid. I, I, I started, I started young. So, um, oh, no. I, was, I was a very large, I was a very large fourth grader. Um, okay. and so I, I was always like, Hey, a slice of pizza is nothing for me. I need like three. Um, mm. and so I, I figured who am I hurting here? The food is just going to go to waste. Probably. Uh, I'm making some money on it. Other people are getting to eat more. To me, it was kind of like a, a victimless crime, if you will. Now the, the school, the elementary school saw it differently. <laughs> yeah, but, but, uh, nonetheless, uh, again, I was able to talk my way out of that yeah. situation, explaining, hey, show me where in writing I broke any school policy or I broke a law. Yeah, yeah. Shows yeah, we're able to. So. <laughs> yeah, I love that story. I, I did something similar. I did, uh, I, I hustled uh, in, in um, college, uh, you know, uh, uh, bought up uh, a bunch of uh, pack- cartons of tax-free cigarettes when I went to London and, and I was selling them and, and made a, a nice penny. I just didn't buy enough um, <laughs> because they went fast. Um, so let's like, like um, before, you know, because I know we don't have a lot of time, let's talk about that. Like you, your instincts, what do you think about, what, what do you think people with great sales instincts are doing when they talk themselves out of situations, when they're talking to people on the phone, because, um, you know, it, you know, people that aren't familiar with S sales development as an industry, um, they may think of it as I'm getting called by a telemarketer. Um, 
you know, in, in reality though, that person on the sale, it, it, on the phone call is just really trying to, they do their research as much as possible about you before they even pick up that phone and um, to try to, you know, just be an idea for you, not to say, hey, you should do this. I'm telling you to do X, Y, Z. Um, but hey, I, 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 I did a lot of research on you and I think this could help you. And I think this can, uh, or grow your business or it's an opportunity um, for you, that sort of thing. Um, so maybe um, kind of talk about what you think um, the best salespeople are doing from you know, just kind of their instincts. What, what are, what instincts are they looking at and what, what are you doing when you're, you know, kind of getting yourself out of, uh, yeah. you know, talking yourself out of us out or into a situation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny, right? Like it's when I hear the phrase, when I, when I hear us using this phrase of talking your way in and out of situations, it's for some reason it, it, it makes me wonder if that's the right phrase to use. But at the same time, mm-hmm. part of me does feel it, it feels yeah. right. Right. Cause at, yeah. at the end of the day, that's kind of what it is. And it's not, it's not schmoozing. It's not hustling. Right. Like, mm-hmm. The sales development work that I do when, when I was a practitioner and I was a leader and advisor, um, you're spot on, Alex. Like the target, the prospect you're reaching out to is someone who fits your company's ideal customer profile or buyer persona that you know people like Alex can derive value from our products or services or can leverage them to X, Y, Z, whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you're just being totally blasted and um, it's like a telemarketer calling you about, you know, uh, you've qualified for a lower credit card interest rate, right? It's, it's not like that. It's, <laughs> it's very targeted. There's a reason they're reaching out to you. Um, typically a good SDR should have done their homework and, and there's going to be a compelling narrative there. There should be at least, but going back to your question about what's going on there, I think what it all has to do with and what I've observed throughout my, my life and career, the most persuasive people, whether you're a salesperson, a politician, an attorney, a public relations guy, I mean, mm-hmm. whatever, they all have the same trait, which is high EQ, emotional intelligence, right? There's IQ mm-hmm. and EQ. Mm-hmm. And EQ really cannot be understated and is something that when I am hiring SDRs and growing mm-hmm. SDR teams is one of the key characteristics I look for because it's something you have or you don't, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it, is, it is kind of like a muscle. It's something you can develop and, and work on if you don't have it right now. But I just feel like it's one of those things that you hear people say, oh, I'm a people person, right? I think what, that, what they're really saying is I have high emotional intelligence and I'm able to connect with people and understand people. And you can, you can, you know, we learned this in our studies in communication, I'm sure, which is like picking up on cues, mm-hmm. lots of those being nonverbal, right? It can be body language. It can be mm-hmm. situational. It can be mm-hmm. what wasn't said or how something was said or tone or inflection. So there's so much more at play than just what is being said. Right. And so I think to be honest, that's something that really benefited me in my career is the communication degree. When I was at CU Boulder, Scope Buffs, um, I'm actually wearing my CU Boulder shirt today. Um, when I was at CU Boulder, a lot of people would make fun of the communication major and say, oh, well, that's what all the football players do because they don't want to have to pick a hard major. And yeah, there, there were plenty of folks like that in the communication school. But I will say that if you took it seriously and paid attention to what they were teaching, it was really, really broadly applicable, right? Like, it's not like I'm getting a degree in biochemistry that I can only ever use in biochem, right? I got a degree in communication that is so broadly applicable. I can and will use this for the rest of my life and in every walk in my career. So 
I think the, the calm degree was really, really helpful in elevating my awareness of emotional intelligence and picking up on nonverbal cues and learning how to really understand a situation. Mm-hmm. And I think that also built on top of kind of that natural instinct that you were, that you were referencing. Yeah. Right. Um, I think that there's, there's, you possess, you either possess that or you don't that kind of natural instinct and ability to pick up on those things. And then if you combine that with just a, a, a conscious and kind of deliberate awareness mm-hmm. of the situation and those nonverbal cues that can really, really help to influence your ability to be an effective salesperson or a persuader. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, yeah, I don't know. I can't always explain why or, um, you know, w- w- like what I look for, but it's, it's, um, I know that when people do certain things, I, my, my, my brain reacts. It's just kind of a natural thing for me. Like you said, it is something that can be developed. I think you can learn it, but you know, you know, naturally, um, people that are good at it. Now, this isn't something you have to study if you're not a full time, as long as that's not your profession. But I mean, if it's, um, yeah, picking up on cues, really understanding people's emotions is a lifelong thing. It, it's never someone is a complete master at you. You learn by every interaction you have, and you kind of go back. And some people like, do do you do you know what they said there? Like, and you know, do do you know what they really said or they didn't say? Here's what I think that they were saying. And you're, it's mm-hmm. a whole kind kind of psychology thing that you're doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's the, 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 what they didn't say part is yeah. huge. Like yeah. that's, that's an observation I've had many times on calls that I've either set as an SDR for an account mm-hmm. executive or uh, an SDR on a team I was leading set. And then I was just shadowing on, on, and the account executive is, you know, they're busy engaged in the conversation with the prospect that the SDR will broker introductions at the start of the call and then kind of take the back seat and let the AE and the prospect. And if there's a solution architect, a technical resource, they kind of take it away from there. But the SDR I've found SDRs tend to have the most acute and acute listening skills and the highest EQ out of anyone on the sales force because they have to in order to get into these accounts. And so I'll, I'd sit on some of these calls, right. And these, tenured account executives who, you know, no, no fault to them. They're, they're good at what they do might misinterpret something or we'd get off the call and they'd say, Hey, I think that went great. You know, the prospect said this, this, and this. So we're, we're great. This is going to, this is looking like a really good op. And the SDR myself, I might say, yeah, but you know what they, you know, what's even more important is they didn't say this, right? (laughs) You asked them this question and they didn't tell you this. They said this, which is not actually what you, what, what you're interpreting. Right. And so, um, I, I think that listening and the ability to understand is really, really critical for salespeople too. And the ability to read between the lines, right. To understand what is actually going on, whether or not that is what is evident, right. Yeah. Um, yep. lots of yep. things happen in between the yep. lines and kind of like under the surface of the water that yeah. aren't always easily observable. And so it's easy to say, Oh, well, the, you know, the water's calm, right. Yep. Well, right under the surface of the water, there's quite a current, right? There's, there's, there's always something more under the covers. So, All right. So I would love, I may need to bring you back and talk more because I know, uh, you know, this is going to be a brief one. I, I ask everyone this last question just to kind of wrap things up and it's always something about you and, and what is something that would only and could only happen to you, um, Evan Carlton. So something unique about you and maybe a new, unique story about how someone didn't say something to you and, 
uh, you you picked up on it. But what's uh, you know something that could only happen in a situation with you? And you you said one in the beginning with the uh, the high school story. <laughs> oh man, um, gosh, what a question! You've put me on the spot here, Alex. I'm trying to think. Um, Maybe how you. I once, I once, I once set a meeting with a SVP at a Fortune 500 company on the chairlift snowboarding. <laughs> that was pretty cool. I'll um, take that. I'll ta- <laughs> yeah. Casual, um, you know, skiing and uh, not trying too hard. Um, yep, yep. Yeah. Nobody likes to try hard, right? Yeah, might only happen to you. I like that. I like that story. Well, think of some more. Evan, um, you know what? Um, I definitely will keep this conversation going with you. Um, thank you so much just for your time today, man. And, um, you know, really just grateful that for the opportunity to have you on here. Yeah, thank you, Alex. I really enjoyed the conversation. We'll be happy to join you again sometime. Uh, really, really jammed out here. All right, man. Thanks a lot, Evan. Take care, Alex. Thanks. All right, bye, man. Hey gang, all right, wow, you made it to the end. I know your time is valuable, so thank you from the bottom of my heart for spending your time here with me. If you heard a quote you liked, got a quick bit of value, or you have an idea that can help convince others to join, I urge you to take a minute and leave a five-star rating and review. That helps us gain influence and bring some really great guests on to add even more value to you and others. You can also always contact me directly tell me your thoughts. I'd love to hear from you. All my info is in the notes. Let's help convince anyone that they have the ability to sell well just by being great humans. And this podcast is proof. All right. See you on the next episode of Stories of Selling Human.